first time up here. Um, <coughs> can everyone hear me all right? It feels weird hearing my own voice. Um, so I'm just going to share with everyone what the good news means to me. Um, and the reason, I'll kind of share the reason as well why I chose this particular passage. Um, I've shared a bit of my testimony before. Um, so originally I was born a Muslim. I was born to Muslim parents. Um, so my name by birth is actually Muhammad, not Moses. Um, and cut a long story short, I kind of went through, I tried to navigate through life the best way that I can. And shortly before my encounter with Jesus, I was at the stage where I was pointing a finger at every other person. I was like, you're the problem for all of, you're the reason for all of my issues. It's because of you that this is happening. It's because of you that that's happening. None of the fingers were actually pointing at me. I, weren't, I wasn't necessarily examining myself to see where I was at fault. Um, and long story short, I encountered Jesus while I was talking to a friend about cars. Um, yeah. Just have random conversations with people. Jesus can work through anything, even cars. And I wasn't even talking about um, any particular cars. It was like Ford Focuses, Clios. So it wasn't even like Ferraris or Bugattis, nothing. It was, it was mundane cars. And I just felt a nudge to ask my friend about church, about God, because I knew that he was a very active Christian. And he kind of shared with me his story. And I kind of felt a tug. I was like, yeah, I want to actually know this God. I want to encounter this God. But coming from a Muslim background, it was very difficult. It was a very difficult transition. Um, so I spent quite a lot of time actually praying and just asking God to affirm and comfort, confirm this, this call to Christianity. Um, and the first night, something bizarre happened. There was like a, a flash of white, brilliant light in my bedroom. And I got, I got scared. So I, I stopped praying. And um, I spoke to my sister, who was a Christian as well. And I spoke to the guy who spoke to me initially. And I was like, you know, I was afraid, but I'm going to try to seek it again um, as confirmation. So I spent the next night praying, opening my eyes halfway through the prayers, hoping to see, like, another flash of white light, but nothing came. So I was a bit disappointed. Um, I decided to read the Bible, obviously. If prayer doesn't work, read the Bible, in it. Um, <laughs> so I decided to read the Bible afterwards. Um, and I was reading through Matthew, where Jesus calls his disciples. And I was reading through the names of the disciples, and the Andrew stuck out to me, because I knew Andrew at work. And I was thinking, right, I didn't know Andrew was actually from the Bible, because this guy doesn't reflect anything of the Bible. But um, so the name stuck out to me. I went to work the next day. I used to work in Sainsbury's. And while I was at work, I was on the checkouts. And I was just going through the motions, scanning stuff. And a customer came up to me. And a customer just kept on staring at me. It, you kind of get used to that on checkouts, people just staring at you. And so I was just like, whatever. And as he came up to me, he asked me randomly if I went to church. And I said, like, there, there was a, 
an apprehension towards that question. I was almost thinking, why are you asking me this question? What's the relevance? I'm here scanning your shopping. What's the relevance? But I just felt, again, you know, just, just answer him the question. Not answer the question. And I said, yeah. And he said, what church do you go to? So I showed him the church that I used to attend to. I used to attend. And he said, oh, you know what? I felt God telling me to come to this till. And I felt God telling me to tell you that he wants you and he wants you to draw closer to him. Forget about everything else, everything and anything else. Just draw closer to him. And literally right before he left, he said, oh, and my name is Andrew. <laughs> I literally had to get off the till. <laughs> I walked right off the till with customers on it. I signaled my manager, my supervisor. I said, yo, I need to go to the toilet. I need to just get off the till. So I walked off the till, um, spoke to the guy who I was talking to about cars because he worked in the same place. And I just kind of went into the toilet and had a mini praise break. But after that, I decided to spend the next three days fasting to just actually follow through on what I just heard. And during the first day of my fast, I received a vision that I believe was my call to ministry. I'm not necessarily going to share that currently, but the scripture that was associated with that was Isaiah 6, and that was eight years ago, and that is a scripture that God has continually used to direct and shape me as an individual. The reason I like, I love this scripture, is that before Isaiah 6, Isaiah actually pronounces woes on so many different nations, so many different people. So like me, he was pointing fingers at other people and saying, you're in the wrong, you're, you're doing this, you're doing that, and punishment is coming in your direction. But then in a moment, he sees the Lord. And the first thing he says is, woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. And the reality sinks where sinks in where you realize, well, I realized that I was at fault. It's easy for me to point fingers at other people, but before God, I was at fault. And then the next half is so beautiful where the seraphim picks up a live coal and touches his lips. And it says, with this, your sins are forgiven. And I see this almost foreshadowing what Jesus does, where, as Jesus said, as when I am lifted up, I will draw all people unto me. When we see Christ as the risen Lord and Savior, we then see our need for him. And then the Holy Spirit applies his finished work in our lives, and we realize that we stand before him cleansed. We stand before him clean. And this, to me, is the true essence of the good news that Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. God says, yes, you are unclean, but now let me cleanse you. And the situation is such that in this moment, I believe Isaiah is presented and just in front of God's immense love, where even though he is, he is undone, he is a man of unclean lips, but God still embraces him. God still touches him with something that is holy, imparts a righteousness and a holiness that is totally alien to him. And he says, 
I have embraced you. I have called you mine. I love you. I accept you. In spite of all the negativity and all the wrong things that you have done, you are mine. And I feel this is, this is the fundamental and the first step in terms of the good news, to know that God loves us intentionally. He loves us individually and purposefully. And in Christ, he embraces us and says that we are his. As individuals, we are his. As a body, we are his. No one is lost. No one is neglected. No one is swept to the side, but God embraces us all and he cleanses us, even though we are faced with, with, with how opposite to God's nature we are. And the second part is when God says, who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. It reminds me of Matthew 28 where after Jesus is poured into the disciples for three years, he then sends them out. After he has showed them their value, their worth, how much he loves them, he then says, now go out and do the same to others. And the reason I love this scripture, this part so much, is that Isaiah says, how long? And normally people will think, God will say, oh, until... Everyone turns their life to Jesus and everyone waves banners singing Hosanna in the highest. But God says, until everything is desolate, until like everyone is destroyed, everyone's eyes are closed, everyone's ears aren't hearing. And it's bizarre that I actually find that very encouraging because it reminds me that our service it's going to be riddled with failures. It's going to be riddled with us not reaping the result that we think we should reap. If we are giving people the good news, surely everyone would want to hear it. Surely everyone would want to turn and believe and this and that. But the reality is not everyone will. But yet God still calls us to spread this message of love, to spread his message and to share, people of, share to people of his love and to just welcome them and seek to embrace them into something that far transcends us. And it might not look, as I said, how we expect it to look. I worked, well, I was serving in another church and I thought my service should look a particular way and it didn't that was the root cause of a lot of frustration for me and I was like God what's, what's happening people aren't listening people aren't doing what they're meant to do like I'm doing, I'm doing my best here like I'm, I'm, I'm telling them your word but no one's actually trying to pay attention I hadn't actually meditated on this part where I was like irrespective just stay faithful to what I've called you to do just continue to to sow seeds and continue to just love people, continue to tell people of my love for them, continue to just point the way to me. It's, and that's why I really do feel, for me, 
that this embodies the way God is almost showing his good news in and through my life where I feel like simply I'm just called to be like a a signpost just pointing away to Jesus whether people listen or not I'm just called to faithfully point and this is the good news that even as a signpost I am loved I am accepted I am treasured not because of how many people turn to him but because he created me and from there my assurance and my hope doesn't lie in what I can do for God but rather in what God has poured out into me that assurance that his love is steadfast his love never changes I have 10,000 reasons to worship him even more and none of them generate or originate from me and that is good news to me if anything relies on me (laughs) there's no hope for me (laughs) it's as simple as that but I have an assurance that is steadfast. I have an assurance that not only chose to love me, but chose to die, that he may pour out that love. Chose to cleanse me when I most hated him. Chose to give my life a meaning and purpose that far transcends me. And chose to tell me that even when it looks as though I failed at that purpose, he still loves me. So yeah, that is what the good news means to me. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Um, I've got some ideas of how we can pray in a minute, but I was going to ask you, would you actually just pray for us first? Yes. If you'd like to join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, I truly pray that we will capture a glimpse of our risen Lord and Savior seated high on his throne exalted O Heavenly Father that we will truly see you our triune Lord and our hearts and our minds will be captivated that we will taste a measure of your love that we have never tasted before that we will have the deepest parts of our beings filled and fulfilled in your love that we will know that we are loved irrespective of whatever we can do or have done that you have purposefully forgiven us it wasn't a mistake you have called us by name you have loved us with a love that we cannot start to imagine that whilst we were yet sinners you chose to die for us And now that you have embraced us, nothing shall separate us from your love. I pray, O Lord, that this truth and this reality may be the foundation upon which we seek to work, whatever callings we may hold, O Father, Lord. And I pray that no one would look down on their calling, O Father, Lord. Whatever their calling may be, however trivial they may feel it is, O Father, Lord, I pray that they recognize this importance in your kingdom. That they recognize, O oh Lord, that even a paper round can be a, a means to salvation for someone. That a conversation, that a coffee, O oh Father, Lord, can be the open door that you need and you use to draw people onto you. A smile, a handshake. It doesn't have to be here. It doesn't have to be 
whatever we think it should be. It can be so mundane. A, co- a conversation about cars led me to you. So I pray, O oh Lord, that everyone is encouraged and everyone doesn't look down on what they feel you have called them to do. And they don't look at their performance as a measure of how much you love them or as an indicator of how much you will love them. But they are assured that you love them regardless. And you have placed your hand, your seal upon them, O oh Lord, and you draw them ever closer. So I pray over all of us, O oh Lord, that we be captivated by you. And in all things, we will just walk by your spirit, O oh Lord. Amen.